Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Hello and welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk about toys and everything pop culture. My name is Frank and it is wonderful to have your company today for episode one, four, seven. This week on Toy Power, I am joined in the Toy Power studio by my good friend Ben. G'day, g'day. Mr. Darren. Hello, one and all. And all the way from the home of Superman, Mr. Chris Wisdom. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's English. We don't like them. <laughs> How you been, Chris? I've been well, you guys. Yeah, really good, man. Really good. Yeah. Now you, you guys get to hang out in the toy room. That's so. it. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Always good. So that's always a good. good yeah. It's gonna be good for the soul. Yeah. <laughs> now, just before Frank jumps in and uh, asks you the question, I heard recently on uh, Breaking the Panel that you had uh, sampled Tim Tams for the first time. Mm. Now I, I did have. Yeah. Tim Tam. And now I have to ask you: Do you like white chocolate? I do like white chocolate. White. I'm not as much as Charles, but we all know the reason. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone there. We've Woo! gone there. Started early. <laughs> um, you got to try white Tim Tams, man. They like, are the bomb. They beat uh, the milky Tim Tams any oh, day. Caramel, man. Caramel nah, Tim Tams. Mate, nah, it's, it's white. Fuck. It's white. Fuck. Yeah, it's white Tim Tams or nothing. So, so is it still is it still the chocolate wheat for biscuits? Yes, yeah, whatever, exactly whatever the same. It's just white. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a more creamy texture. If you, if that's uh, <laughs> A thing, yeah. Right. Okay. Mm. Okay. Cool. I'll keep an eye out for those. Definitely. Mm. While you're keeping an eye out, Chris, have you uh, spotted any uh, celebrities recently or anything anything crazy uh, you can tell us about? You know, the, the, the other day I was in uh, Kansas City, actually, and I ran into a couple of people... Uh, Pretty much everybody in our circles knows pretty uh, <laughs> knows pretty well. Uh, maybe not personally, but knows of them. Uh, it, uh, Jay and Silent Bob themselves, Kate what? Smith and Jason Mewes. <laughs> nice man, way um, to go! It was awesome. They uh, they were in town doing uh, promoting Jay and Silent Bob reboot, which is the new movie coming out. Um, basically, a, I don't want to call it a self funded project, but it wasn't a big studio release. Um, it's one of those projects of of love that Kevin's <laughs> been trying to do to keep studios out of out of his business distribution has always just been the thing uh where the movies are concerned kevin would much rather self-finance but uh advertising and then uh distribution those costs are where, where you really need the help of financers mm. um so this this release uh they're kind of doing a they're doing the revote reboot roadshow tour yep. um where those two personally take the movie to a location they show the movie depending on the size of location, um, you know, they are either doing one day or two day shows um, and they'll have multiple showings per day. Uh, when they came to Kansas City, they originally listed for two shows. They ended up adding a third show in the middle of the day. So they had like a 10 a.m. showing, a 2 p.m. showing, and then my 7 p.m. showing. And each of those showings, they'll sh- they had, you know, like a, a fan event before the movie then they show the movie, and then they had a, a Q&A after the movie. And typically, Jay, Jay and uh, Kevin are really good between the shows, even going down on the street where people are lined up outside, signing autographs or, or whatever. So cool. you just, oh, man, the 
it was great. It was I so can good. only imagine. Wow, that's sick. You've yeah. been like floating as you walk it. That scene from Wayne's World where he's just sort of floating in midair as you walk towards <laughs> I, him. I, like... I, I have been, you know, and I, it's tempting every time I, I just, you know, see a stranger on the street to, to want to grab my phone and say, hey, you got to see this. <laughs> yeah, nice. Not 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 a brag thing, but a, hey, got, I mean, it's kind of a brag thing, but it's, you got to see this. this is too cool. Um, sick, but, man. Yeah, they... Um, we, we put together a little swag bag for them uh, as a network. Um, so as I'm meeting these guys and talking to Kevin, uh, so it was, it was great when I, when I rolled in, Kevin and uh, Jay. I was worried because I'm a big fan. I was worried that I was going to just, just fanboy the yeah, whole time. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't because uh, Kevin suckered me. I mean, <laughs> I say that because, you know, of course, they have a handler in the room that tells, yeah. that tells them the name of the person they're about to meet, right? But when you walk in the room and Kevin's like, hey, Chris, hey, man, how's it going? And you're like, oh, he knows my name. How does he know my name? So in the moment, you're you're starstruck. But uh, he really, like, he, he sets you at ease. Like, this just this big hug comes in. And then it's immediately, like, leads you over to a chair where you guys are going to sit and talk. Um, and it's just the three of us other than the handler. Yeah. Um, in the room uh you know and we're talking and so i got to do a, a little bit of setup and jab a little bit at him uh a couple times but when we rolled in i had my wits about me because i was in the hallway <laughs> and so the the handler she takes me up these stairs and it's an all it's wooden stairs and it's all wood paneling and she says okay wait here and i'm not quite at the top of the stairs i'm at a turn in the stairs just before you go up the last level yeah. to the to the floor um she says wait here um, I'll come get you when they're ready. And I said, okay. And I'm looking side to side. I'm like, oh, this is great. This is great. And then as I have time to sit there and reflect by myself, I'm like, this is either going to be a really cool experience or the worst casting couch that's <laughs> probably ever been made. <laughs> and, um, and at which Ooh. point I'm kind of like, Ooh. I mean, either way, there's going to be a story to tell. And uh, so <laughs> I, I roll in and it's good. So they, they put me at ease and I'm like, I'm trying to think of how I'm going to introduce myself. And uh, they said, uh, you know, so come on in, tell us about yourself. And I said, I said, all right. I said, I've got something that's just going to amaze you. You guys, you're not ready. You're not, you haven't heard this before. And Kevin, you know, he's very animated. Yep. If you guys have seen him, you know, when he does a surprise face and kind of bugs his eyes out, he's like, oh, tell us. <laughs> um, I kind of look to the right and I look to the left and I'm like, I've got a f- podcast. <laughs> 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 and and both, you know, at which point he and he and Jay both laugh, you know, because that's the joke with with yeah. them and, and people of people of their calibers. Exactly. I mean, how many times in an hour do they hear that yeah. from random strangers, right? Yep. Um. So so that I think got us. It, it broke the ice real well. Nice. On the, uh, the right foot. Um. Swag bag comes out, and you know, I'm uh, I. I should have. I should have brought the shirt. Uh, just today, you get to see my ripped apparel, sweet Batman <laughs> oh, shirt. Yes, man. Oh, so, how so good! Wicked. A, a Hulk one eighty one homage, but Emily Emily Swan, uh, an artist that Bosch uses um, quite often, uh, she, she did uh, some special art for the t shirt. Yeah, I saw that. Um, so the the uh, the main cell was the t shirt, but we had uh, we had a sticker from you guys. We had a breaking the panel button. We had some other things in the bag. We just want to make sure a Pokemon Go magnet, I think. Uh, we just want to make sure that we we had things, little things that we were like, well, if they're going to put something up or on, these these probably have a good chance. Yep. And uh, I'm telling them about the network, and I'm like, yeah, we're international. And at that point, like, it was just fortuitous because Jay was kind of digging through the swag bag, and he pulls out the Toy Power sticker. <laughs> and I said, that right there, 
those are our Australian boys. Hey! Like, these, these, <laughs> these four great guys from Australia. And Kevin, again, does the bug out thing. I'm like, hey, I just, he's like, because, <laughs> and I, and it's, it's Australia is one of those that hits his, his ear because anytime he's ever talked about Australia on the podcast or he's been to Australia for, a, you know, a, a, an evening with or, yeah. or on yeah. any of the podcasts, he seems to always have a really good time there. So he's got a special heart for you. So I kind of set that hook a little bit. So maybe uh, maybe next time he's in Australia, you guys uh, get a chance to reach out on social media, say, hey, hit him up for yeah. a master's interview <laughs> yes. or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh. Yeah. Um, Wouldn't that be a I dream t- come true? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I dropped the, the, the whole, the info about you guys talking about toys and that's, that's the specialty. Um, and those guys always like to wax nostalgia and they, you know, they've been doing the, um, the, the box opening videos lately. Uh, so it was a good experience. It was really good. I think it was good for the network. Of course, the, the Charles busted my balls a little bit last night as we were recording the show because he, uh, he felt like the Bosch guys got a little too much benefit out of it versus what uh, breaking the panel got out of it. <laughs> well, I mean, Bo- Bosch is a superior show, let's be honest. Right? I, 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 they really are. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Oh, well, we can't, we can't top that as far as stories go. Um, so we might take it into uh, some actual stories that other people have written. We're going to do one of our one of our favorite segments that has been really popular. We're going to talk about comics and some of our favorite comic comic spotlight. Each of us has picked a an arc or a storyline or even a one shot to basically talk about. And if the others haven't already read it, just sell us and sell the listeners on it. And you know, talk about why we love this particular run. Darren, do you want to start us off with your choice, mate? I'm more than happy to. So I'm talking about Batman: A Lonely Place of Dying. So this was written by Marv Wolfman, illustrated by um, George Perez and Jim Apro. It was um, published in 1989-90 as a five-part crossover miniseries running across Batman 440. New Titan 60, Batman 441, and, and New Titans uh, 61, and Batman 442. Significant for a number of reasons. Um, I say for a number of reasons because it, it takes place in the timeline after Jason Todd's been killed by the Joker, and for quite some time after that, Batman's become a, a different beast, for want of a mm. better term, as far as. You know that, I guess that line between crime fighter or vigilante or what have you. He's become a lot more brutal on the streets, and things have escalated in terms of his injuries as well. And and Alfred has become quite concerned about about his ability to go on as as has Nightwing. But you know, bats being bats, he's he's stubborn, and and you know he's just he's just going to keep on doing what he's doing but it's also significant because it is the first introduction for tim drake who would later become the third robin so yeah the the story sort of takes place uh with with two-facing the story arc it goes into dick grayson's origin as well including the the halio circus um who actually appear in the story in the present the story not just in flashback Mm -hmm. but so it ties into that and also brings forward uh, this this new character Tim Drake who has been at, who been following Batman for a while and and Nightwing and actually demonstrates his detective mind and shows why he'd be a good fit in the Bat family because he's actually been able to 
do deduce their their secret identities and and knows what's been happening and has a has a has an awareness that why Batman's changed is because of what happened to Jason Todd. It's pretty much a given. If you if you happen across the identity of Batman, <laughs> you either get lobotomized and locked away in Arkham, or you just get recruited by Batman. That's kind of That's your two options very at that true. point. Or, or in the Burton Schumacher universe, you're a love interest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that, so that's true. But look, I found this story really great, and it's one of the reasons why I why I enjoyed Ben Affleck's portrayal so much in in Batman vs Superman in particular because I thought they just nailed that you know Robin you know whether it's Jason Todd or who it is depending on you know yeah. I know there's an official answer to that but you know people go in and obviously it, it takes its cues from that that story arc after Jason Todd was yeah, killed so the in Batman, the comics the Batman dealing with loss basically yeah basically yeah, yeah or not dealing with it depending on your yeah. perspective yeah. and how he's become more brutal on the streets and how things have changed and, and that so I thought they nailed that really well. But also it sort of it sort of showcases where they are sort of going. There's stories that come later that, that really delve in, into into that and and Tim Drake gets his own suit and obviously does become part of you know, officially part of the Bat family. But it it really does highlight that, you know, I guess that sort of stepping stone as as to where they're going. But also really reminds you that at the end of the day that there is still a family there you know you've got you've got alfred you've got um dick you know all really concerned about bruce and and you know a realization that he can't go on like this that mm. things are escalating and if he keeps going on like this you know he's 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 not not gonna be around nice cool so cool. yeah i really recommend that um i don't want to say too much more in terms of spoilers other than that um, because I, I want to leave some opening it is available in trade paperback and ask, obviously yeah. uh, there's always back issues as well if people want to collect it in in the the um, miniseries format that it came out in mm, very, very cool, cool. alright all right. Uh, who we got next Ben alright I am doing Terminator one shot alright so this is a 48 page story published in July 1991 Written by James Robertson and artist is Matt Wagner. Now, can everyone around the room tell me what is the premise of the Terminator in the first film finding Sarah Connor? To kill her? No, no, no. How does how does he find her? It looks like on the phone book. He looks in the phone book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look, finds three names in the phone book yeah. under Sarah Connor. Yeah. What if I told you this book explores a Sarah Connor that's not in the in the phone book? This book par- uh, features parallel uh, storyline where a, a second Terminator is sent back in time yeah. just before John Connor and that raid the uh, the futuristic um, you know time capsule uh, technology yeah. you know in the future. So this female Terminator gets sent back in time as lo- as well as Arnie the T eight hundred. This female Terminator finds another Sarah Connor that just got married 13 uh, days ago or something, right? So that's why ah. she's not in the phone book. So this storyline and this... Uh, so I think uh, the original one is set in LA. Um, they're honeymooning in San Francisco. So this all happens in San Francisco, <laughs> okay. right? It, it beautifully parallels the film without ever mucking around with it, or right? Stepping in ste- and stepping on yeah. anything. Or stepping on anything. And so there's a part in the book where uh, the uh, he, a per- character enters into the police, um, you know, a squadron, you know, um, unit, whatever you call it, uh, the, uh, what's it called? Precinct. Office? A precinct, precinct. yeah, <laughs> that's the word, sorry. Precinct. precinct. 
and they're all going mental yeah. that there's another precinct uh, in an adjacent city that one person has gone around and <laughs> shot everyone. They're after this guy called Kyle Reese. Somehow he's connected to it all. Is he the killer? They're not sure. They're all running around like, you know, chickens with their head uh, cut off, yeah. uh, trying to send any available units to go down and help, you know, their uh, fellow soldiers and things like nice. that. It's just fantastic, right? The storyline. So this Sarah Connor is actually a bit evil so to speak she's actually got sinister you know objectives against her new husband and things which you find out in the book she's a black widow uh no no i won't give it away but there's some things like uh that are happening that you know she's just been married but it's not just for love there's something you know she's she's after something else of part of this marriage so Mm -hmm. there's that sort of storyline going on yeah but out of all the com- so I've got roughly a couple of thousand comics uh, in my collection. Plus, I've read maybe another thousand comics. So, you know, you've I'm sure you've read a yeah. thousand. You've read heaps, yeah. Darren, Chris. You've probably read half a million or something, right? <laughs> How many comics in 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 your collection have you read that have a pop up? A what? A pop up. Look at this bullshit. There's a pop up in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like a center page. So what it wow. is, it depicts um, the Terminator riding a motorbike, famously jumping over a <laughs> squadron of policemen, shooting up in the air, and the Terminator's half cut up, beat up, you know, um, damaged, bashed up, yeah. damaged, and uh, the pop up is the Terminator, um, you know, <laughs> jumping over so awesome. on the bike. It's pretty cool. The artwork is. Uh, sort of uh, that painted esque, uh, you know, outlook oil of the, yeah, oil yeah. painting yep. with the blurbs and things added to it. So yep. it's it's a little bit to get used to. It's not high detail. It's yep. sort of that interpretation. It's a good read. I think it's a bit too complicated with this interest of uh, connivingness of you know why yeah. she married the, the, the character yep. uh, and things. So I don't think that element needed to be as adverse in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but I think the fact that it runs parallel to the Terminator universe of That's the movies cool. doesn't muck around with it, doesn't try and change anything. And it, it, at the end of the story, it is just a one shot. So at the end of the story, you're left with no ties left. You know, it, it finishes up nicely. Around. So take that uh, any way you want. Uh, highly recommend it uh, just to, to see... A book well done, mm. so to speak. And if you're a mad fan of the uh, Terminator series, um, yeah, can't recommend this highly enough uh, to have a, a quick read that um, is done and dusted in a, you know a quick session. One, so one, one was, that a, was that a Dark Horse? Yes, correct. It is Dark Horse, 1991. So uh, yeah, that's who the um, it was after. There was another company that had uh, Terminator comics before Dark Horse. But uh, this is definitely Dark Horse, yeah, right. And the element of Good. their um, run, mm. nice. That's that's really cool. Yeah, I've never, I've, I haven't seen a pop up comic before. I, I think the best gimmick comic I've got is an episode, is a is an issue of Superman that's a Color Forms cover. Oh, uh, cool. With him and Lo- uh. him and Lobo, and you can set your cover to however you want. It's just oh, a wow. escape of Metropolis, and then it's got a whole bunch of little Color Forms pieces for you to stick on the. Um, yeah. It's nice. a wraparound cover too, so it's you know. nice. Cool. Yeah, I, I like that sort of a gimmicky, you know, thing. But Something yeah, different, yeah. I, of all the modern takes and everything, I've never seen another pop-up comic. And, <laughs> yeah, so. it's a good way to get kids into the genre well, of man, killing my, robots. My, I'm sitting on the bed. Like, I'm sitting on my uh, bed last night reading it because I'm like, I have to. I've left it to the last minute to yeah. read. And my daughter saw, saw you know, I'm like, I showed her when she sat down next to me, look, it's got a pop-up. She's like, oh, cool, you know, and I'm like, why don't you, she wanted to, re- she wanted me to read it out loud, right? I'm like, I'm not going to read it out loud. Sorry, it's got some more mature things in it. 
I said, you go get a book and you can read next to me sort of thing. Yeah. So she runs off and brings back her Alice in Wonderland full-on pop-up book. <laughs> like, like every page is pop-up. So it was kind of fitting. It was a bit of a family moment, so to speak. My <laughs> father, my daughter. That's both- it. A pop up, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. so cool, nice. Mm. All right, uh, I'm gonna take it over here and now. And I am talking about Superman Red Sun, Sun S O N. This is uh, published in 2003, written by the well renowned Mark Millar or Mark Miller, depending on how you say it. Art by Dave Johnson and Killen Plunkett, I think. Uh, it's around about 150 pages. Was I think believe originally published as three individual. Three, I think it was a three part. Yeah, three parters, uh, and it basically asked the question: What happened if Superman crash landed in like the Ukraine or Russia instead of good old Kansas? And it's very much an Elseworlds tale in regards to that. Very, very politically heavy when you think about some of the themes that that go behind it and. Uh, without delving too much into it in kind of the context of today's society and political atmosphere you sort of go oh it's kind of just resonates quite quite well yeah so the three parts were red sun rising red sun ascendant and red sun setting those three parts each sort of take place in a different uh, timeline if you will red sun rising is kind of superman's brand new to his powers and and sort of working his way up through the ranks of the the russian um kgb or you know the political sphere there uh ascendant is a few years later on and red sun setting he's basically oh he's got to be in his like 50s or 60s or or later than that he's starting to get gray hair basically yeah yeah. and that's kind of cool because you get to see these characters age and progress lois lane of course is in it and she's you know very young as we're used to seeing lois lane and by the end she's sort of at that grandma sort of stage of her life it's interesting because rather than just like superman's evil they're gone He's not evil. He still tries to do the right thing. He just works for the other guys. So it's very interesting. And as part of that, you've got Lex Luthor is seen as the the savior of America. Um, at this point, the, the the American economy is kind of bust, and and Russia's sort of on the rise. And and as the story progresses, you get to the point where you know nine tenths of the world is communist now, and and America's the one holdout. So it's really interesting to see how that all plays out. Lots of cameos, of course. Uh, I won't spoil all of them, but you do get, of course, a Batman, Wonder Woman. Nice. Um, And you see, basically, Wonder Woman's in the same sort of thing. She's decked out in this red and black sort of very Soviet-era thing. Batman (laughs) has probably got the most ridiculous hat you've ever seen because it's one of those Russian hats with the little... um, The pilot hat. Yeah, yeah, with with the fur on it. And if you actually... I think I've got the, the... paperback of it and when you read through the notes the uh, the artist was like i got given so much crap from my friends when i showed them this design but i don't care batman should be entitled to wear a warm hat it's cold in <laughs> russia right <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh jimmy olsen's in it of course being a superman story but there's lots of little nods if you know your dc uh, all throughout the book. This is probably my favourite interpretation, interestingly, of Lex Luthor because okay. he's seen as this sort of hero character but he's you know, obviously supremely intelligent and one of the running gags in the book is he's always playing chess. He, he's working on this thing for the US government. He's trying to bring down Superman 
But in amongst it all, he's like, oh, night to night to B three, and that's checkmate. He's exercising his mind exactly. So to speak. Yeah. But and he's literally playing multiple games of chess with people from around the world. He's playing tens of games all at once, and no surprise, winning them all, which I thought was a really cool little, a cool little nod. It's one of these stories that you sort of go, all right, where where does it end? And because of the time jumps, uh, what you get is this. And again, not going to spoil it if you haven't read it. This amazing sort of twist at the end where you sort of see where it's going and then it's not until that last sort of few panels where you're like oh my god you talk about it sort of coming full circle like with your terminator one this is this is that taken to to the extreme and as because of that you couldn't really do a follow-up sequel to it the way the way it's written uh it's one of those books that when i got to the last page i just had this big smile on my face i was like oh they did it they stuck the landing like they oh. just absolutely nailed it Look, from a toy perspective, there's not a lot from this, which is interesting considering how, how well-renowned this one is. Uh, I believe uh, Iron, is Iron, no, Sideshow did a couple of their really nice premium size, a Superman and a Wonder Woman. But it is so well-renowned that anim- uh, Warner Brothers are actually doing an animated feature of this supposedly coming out in 2020. Keen. Yeah, like, looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, so the anime... <laughs> oh, Chris is, uh, Chris is he's, happy. He's frothing. They've taken two bites at the Doomsday Apple and screwed it up. So like, <laughs> I get worried when, when they take these... And, I mean, the killing joke? Yeah. Man, it's, it's it's when they decide to screw up, they're like, oh, let's take the really, really good stuff. And that's <laughs> yeah. the one they're going to screw up. <laughs> There is something to that, sadly. Yeah. yeah. So so that'll be interesting to see. But yeah, uh, Red Sun, you can get it probably on all the digital formats as well if that's your flavor. Um, cannot recommend it enough. If you just want to see, as I said, self-contained, it's about 150 pages, probably all up, and a good solid read. All right, we might throw it over to Chris. What sort of comic book have you brought in for us today, mate? All right, so you guys are, are giant jerks. I don't know if this is how you treat all your guests. <laughs> yeah, we need like, that a lot from me, our guests. You've given me these horrible Sophie's Choice conundrums that I have to try <laughs> and... <laughs> You're welcome. I have to try and operate in. Um, so, man. All right, so I know which one I'm going to, but there's there's others that I'm just going to briefly... Uh, Jeff John's Green Lantern Rebirth, got to read. It's, it's, it's a wonderful... It's a wonderful reimagining in a modern setting of, of Green Lan- how Jordan Green Lantern and the core um, origins and how they operate in the DC. Uh, Jonathan Hickman's run on Fantastic Four. I've always said on the DC side, hashtag in Johns we trust. And Jonathan Hickman is the Jeff Johns of Marvel Comics. Ooh, they're, okay. they're both brilliant. I love how they both, um, in their early writing, whether they did it purposely or not, they left threads that, you know, five years down the road, they'll tug and bring into a storyline, or they're really good about going out and finding threads that are hanging in the DCU to go, or, or their respective universes mm. to grab and weave a great story out of. Um, both of those are incredible. And then, of course, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing run. I mean, if you're a fan yes. of Watchmen or anything that Alan Moore does, the what he was able to do with Swamp Thing during that initial push of, you know, the, the British invasion to DC Comics... Um, it's amazing, eye-opening. Um, it is very much front and center in the D- in the uh, Swamp Thing television show that was on uh, DC Universe. Yeah, can't recommend those more than um, for contemporary comics. I really can't recommend those anymore to to new readers or or uh, you know regular readers that maybe just haven't picked them up yet. So. Yeah, shout out to Does Ten for yeah. his Swamp Thing passion. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and photo went up recently of yeah. his um, collection. Very yeah, nice to yeah, see the Kenner collection. Yeah. yeah. All right, so what do you got after all that, Chris? Uh, Christ on the Infinite Nurse. 
Uh, uh, I, 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 I mean, I, I got to side with Darren. I mean, uh, Marv Wolfen and George Perez. I mean, that's a, one of the greatest uh, d- teams in comics history. Um, DC Comics, 1985, 1984, 1985, or is, I'm sorry, 85, 86 proper for the 12-issue yeah. Maxi series. But in that, clear back in 1984, they were sowing the seeds. Um, so much like you've seen on the CW, if you watch those shows, the way they're starting to do Infinite Crisis on Infinite Earths there, you know, last year they introduced the Monitor. And that's exactly what they did in DC Comics. It's kind of a throwaway character. Um, they think he's like a, a gang lord, essentially the way he's referred to. Um, and then they pick up. And of course, that whole year in DC Comics, every uh, everybody had a tie-in book. And this was essentially a way for DC to do a soft... <clears throat> Uh, we'll, we'll call it a, a firm reset of, of continuity. Um, Don't call it a reboot. But yeah, <laughs> the, uh, what they're dealing with is is uh, continuity issues caused by Golden Age that, that was just continued into Silver Age and then into Modern Age comics. And they, they were like, man, our, our continuity is bloated. It's all over the place. We don't know who's who. We've got all these. The answer for DC, the easy answer is always, well, it happened on it happened on a parallel Earth. Mm. So that's you know this this is Earth 52. This is Earth 303. This is Earth L. This is Earth M. Things of that nature. And DC just really needed to bring it all together. And so they had this crisis on the infinite Earth, with which crashed all of the multitude of DC uh, continuity into one Earth. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, yep. One Earth, one reality. Um, you see some amazing deaths. You see some amazing storylines, some rebirths. Um, you see some. You see characters go away that won't show up again. You know, like in some cases, ten years. Uh, oh, wow. it, and it, it really, it was a jumping-off point for the DC where they were able to say, okay, new readers, here's where you start, and and we're going to go forward from here. Later on in '85, you see uh, John Byrne do his six-part uh, Man of Steel series, resetting. Uh, superman mm. um and really power scaling back his powers on what he can do um it, an amazing series uh it, it really did a lot of cleanup work and it was a good jumping off point and it's it's one of those cornerstones in the dc comics where it starts the crises that the dc always goes back to that's you know usually the big uh big crossovers crisis of whatever um, and where can you um, find oh, that sorry. one? Oh yeah, go uh, on. George George Perez is on point in this. Um, some of the some of the best art that he does because he's no, he's one of the things that he's best known for is how many characters can I jam into a yes. panel or onto a page? <laughs> nobody nobody touches what George Perez does. And so true. That attention to detail is second to none. <laughs> nice. And the, uh, one of my favorite pieces of art is uh, it came out later uh, with the DC. Uh, with the like 25th 20th or 25th anniversary um alex ross so george perez drew he had a you know a big poster size thing that he drew and alex ross did all the painting for it so wow. you, get, yeah. you get you get george Everyone. perez yeah. amount of characters but but <laughs> alex, ross, alex ross oh boy Oh, stuff of dreams level of very cool yeah. all right well thank you very much for that everyone and your comics suggestions lots of good reading material for everybody there uh we're going to transition into another thing that is going to uh, cause a bit of angst and controversy because we now all have to choose we uh talked about we're going to talk about our top five vehicles from toy lines now a couple of rules in here we've got to be pre-2000 all right so nothing sort of too modern uh, we discounted beasts, so we're not talking any battle cats, for example. They've got to be sort of mechanical vehicles. But the controversy within that is you sort of go, well, kind of rules out Transformers as a whole, right? Because they're they're vehicles, but they're also sentient, right? 
So I think uh, Chris even posed a, a very tricky question when he goes, oh, so what about like headmasters and stuff? And I was like, yeah, you're kind of right. <laughs> but I look at it as that the view that, you know, the main body could still act on its own even without the yes. headmaster, yep. I believe. Yep. So we sort of ruled them out. So we're going to do, we've each got five to go through. Um, so we might have to keep it fairly snappy, but we're going to go around the room, pick your number five, da 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 and then work our way to see what our number one vintage vehicles are of And see how time. many we uh, potentially <clears throat> how many cross, cross over. over. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yes. It'll be a crisis yeah. on infinite vehicles. Yeah, yeah. and um, just I think before we start, <laughs> let's just run around the room. Why? What? What's our choice based on? Sort yep. of thing. Is it nostalgia? Is it current things in your collection? Is it color scheme? Yeah. Is it the things you never had? You yep. know that you looked in your um, you know your price guide, your you know your guides or whatever. Yep. Because uh, some some people don't collect vehicles or yeah. play sets; they just collect figures. So, so true. Round the room. Which way do you want to go, Frank? Yeah. Uh, well, I'll start us off, and then yep. we'll, we'll work yep. our way around. Yep. Basically, I tried really hard to take my own personal nostalgia out of this i sort of looked at it as if i was a kid back in you know the 80s per se um what stuff would i just want to have based on purely the aesthetics right and and as a kid you often don't care about storyline and 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 the lore and was it in the show was it in the in the show you go that looks cool i I want want it it. yeah basically is, is how i sort of chose to to approach this cool cool uh, I mine's pretty heavy on nostalgia, so a lot of these things are things that I had as a kid because I didn't have heaps of uh, big vehicles or anything. So a lot of these are the things I had as a kid, and also a couple in there that I just absolutely <clears throat> think are the best damn vehicles ever made on earth, and mm. uh, I passion, have very big passion in my uh, holding them in my collection today. So, yeah, Darren. So mine is heavily influenced on nostalgia as well. I think just because these these are the vehicles that spoke to me growing up and and they still speak to me. I have them in my collection today, obviously. But um, but yeah, they, they spoke to me growing up, and you know, I, I sort of thought mindset. If we're looking at particularly that era, I wanted to think about playability, and for me, a big part of that comes down to did I have it as a child? Because I generally don't. I don't play with my toys in the traditional sense that that children do. So, <laughs> yep. so um, I went with with that token um, yeah. nostalgia yep. and and what they mean to me because yep. you can't buy memories, so to speak. That's <laughs> very true. You can only live them. Yeah, Chris, what about you, mate? So, kind of a combination of all of that. As as I'm going through the list, there's a couple that I didn't that I didn't own, but cool band that i want those and yeah I mean, when you, you ask me for like coolest vehicles like there's there's a couple on here that i can't i can't escape them being cool vehicles i may not have had them i wanted them uh there's several on here that i did own and then just uh a lot of it's nostalgia based yep. uh because that's how i got in the right frame of mind yep. um but yeah it's, it's kind of a combination of everything you guys have mentioned really cool cool all right well, we might start with you chris give us your number five top of vehicle of all time no no you're fine so this line has had multitude of uh, iterations but where i really caught on was in the 90s when it was called the techno zords line um and the tie for me is uh it, it's, it's a tie this is this is where i'm gonna do the cheat on you guys <laughs> it's, uh, um iron kong and battle source I, I really couldn't decide between those two mm-hmm. uh, i mean because you've got 
I'm always I'm a sucker except except for Optimus Primal. I don't know why, but I, I am a I am a sucker for the Great Ape family. So Iron Kong was cool, and then that Battlesaurus was just so massive, just that Brachiosaurus. Right. Um, I just I remember uh, putting those together was part of it was was part of it. It's just so intricate and time consuming to put it together, and then you know they're 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 battery powered, so there's some movement. Uh, they were just cool, uh, just just massive on the on the battle source uh, scale, and then uh, Iron Kong was just cool with his yeah, yeah. <laughs> gorilla sort of uh, crawled, wicked man. Nice, Darren, give us your number five, mate. So number five for me is the pizza thrower from the Playmates Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nice. I just have a lot of nostalgia for it. I had it as a child. I had a lot of other Turtles vehicles as well, but I had this one as a child. Uh, there's a bit of a theme with my list, as as you probably notice as we go <laughs> go forward. But yeah, this this one was just you know um, the art, the box art, the playability. You know, battery operated, shooting pizza discs out. Lots and lots of fun. You, know, you, you line up your your bad guys and you just knock them down. With yeah, pizza. with so pizza. What else? What else would well, it be? No, like? I, 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 yeah. pref- I prefer the pie thrower, which was the chicken run uh, yeah. design, <laughs> design, which is a was uh, direct say. remake of that. So, yeah, <laughs> a big blue ripoff, wasn't That's it? it? My, yes. My, yeah. my little brother was not a fan of the pizza thrower because he was on the receiving end. <laughs> <laughs> I, the <laughs> I guess you wouldn't be if you. <laughs> He's the pizza copper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, ben, all right. What do you got? My number five is the Aliens Power Loader from oh, Kenner. Nice. So yeah, yeah. you know, I, I thought is that more of a mech, like a you know a suit, but you know mm. is is a is a um, forklift. Uh, is, a forklift is a vehicle, yeah. and that this is a futuristic <laughs> robotic Fair forklift. Enough. We'll pay that. So you know, I, I pay that, and I I freaking love this machine. Like I was I was on the verge of getting out of toys when I picked this up, but uh, so this is sort of on my later years of. Uh, uh, my childhood, sort of early teenage years, but Drag you um, back in. You know, well, mm-hmm. it was it was the only interpretation of that, and until Necker and things made it, yep. there was no compar- You know, nothing no, to compare it. Yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. So, mm. Alrighty, my number five is, and I almost want to play the theme song, but this is from Thundercats, the Thunder Tank. Nice, right? And. And with a name like that, how, oh, Chris is Chris is making a face. I feel like we might have our first crossover already. <laughs> um, with a name like the Thunder Tank, right? How, as a kid, can you not be drawn to something like that? It's, I mean, it, it plays. What they did really well with this LJN line was really played on that cat motif. You got the cat's lair and stuff. It was big enough to hold two of those Thundercats figures. And you think about how big those what are they eight inch figures? Um, not all of them, but I know Panther in particular can actually hide. There's like a, a pop-up section at the back and you can actually close it over and the figure's in there with a little pop-up turret that comes along. It has the claws and the jaws at the front of the tank. Like just that iconic design at the front makes me go, damn, I want that. Never had it as a kid, but every if one of those came across my desk at the right mm, price, yep. I'd, I'd yeah. eat it up because it just a, looks so cool. It's a big vehicle as yeah. in a toy version. Yeah, it's a decent size. Yeah, so. I, I kind of like what they did with the, the reboot one. It just looked a little bit... It looked too much like a vehicle, the new one, really. Whereas this other one, you go... It's a cat. It's a cat with treads. It's a cat with treads and cannons. It's a bobcat. It's a, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that is my number five. Cool. All right. We are up to our number fours now. Chris, take it away. No, you already covered it. <laughs> 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 
Getting catty. Yeah. Uh, no, yep, Thunder Tank. So I picked mine up uh, at a garage sale when I was a kid. I don't have it anymore. I wish I did. Um, and at that point, I think really all I had was Lino and uh, Mumra. I didn't really get into the Thundercats line too much. Mm. But it, it's, it's everything Frank said. I mean, it, it was perfect for for the scale. Um, you know, as a fan of the cartoon growing up, it had all of the features correct that you would want. And I, the the lifting pause was a big thing because too often you would see a toy where on a cartoon they sell you that the pause would lift, you get the toy, and it's not going to do that. Yeah, yeah. Man, they did such a good job of those those features that were present in that 30-minute um, commercial were on the final, <laughs> product, on the final product. Yep. <clears throat> Outstanding. All Very right, cool. Darren, number four for you, mate. Landshark from Masters of the Universe. Yeah. yeah no, cool. no, I have a really soft spot for that. Got it for my birthday in um, 1986, I believe, along with Too Bad and Catcher and a couple of other things. Really inspired me as a kid. It was one of the first evil warrior vehicles I had. I had the Roton before that and then got the Landshark. Uh, just love the playability of it as well. You know, you push it along and, and the mouth moves up and down. You know, it's Skeletor or, or any evil warrior that you like very very cool and and it sort of you sort of felt it gave the evil warriors some muscle to go up against the heroic warriors so you've got to call that out definitely pretty, pretty iconic design definitely. Right? Very iconic. we've got a car how do we make it fit in the masters universe put a shark's head on the front of it done like <laughs> yes. very cool yeah but make it a land vehicle <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All so right, Ben. What do we Number got? Number four. I'm doing a tie. I'm taking a leaf out of Chris's book. Um, so, of all the Ninja Turtle vehicles there are, I've chosen two of the the smaller ones. So I'm yep. pairing these two okay. up together. I've t- uh, chosen two that I personally had as a kid. I've chosen the Ninja Turtle uh, Turtle Cycle with the trash can sidecar. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, because I I love that thing, and you can fit two characters on it. Obviously, yep. with the yeah. bike and the um character on the uh, trash can. Uh, I had that poster with them all standing up on top of each other on the bike and things. Uh, so that was cool. And my second one is the cheapskate, you oh, know, so, you know so which is in all the episodes of the cartoon, yeah. you know, you almost, I've seen collectors with uh, four cheapskates with all four turtles on them. And nice. it's just so cool. And just that mechanism, you know, you push the back down and the foot comes up and smacks a, a character out of the way. Um, simple playability, but a lot of fun. Uh, Absolutely. So, um, two very, um, yeah, the two most uh, nostalgic Ninja Turtle vehicles I had um, as a kid. So both very iconic too. Mm. They're yeah. excellent choices. Yep. Yeah, pretty. Uh, and yeah, you find them everywhere, but and in sort of a variety yes. of conditions. Yes. Trying to find one with a goddamn flag yes. on the cheapskate yeah. is yeah. ridiculous. I bought yeah. another one just to get the flag, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> and and like I, I got the I got my bike and uh, I'm cool. And then I, I walked to it. This was at one of our trade days. Yeah. I bought bought the bike and the uh, car and th- and the sidecar and things. Walked to it literally a step over to another table. So another person's yeah. uh, seller, and he had the little um trash can that goes in between the handlebars that, yep. that, that connects to the rubber band yeah, yeah, yeah. so two tables <laughs> le- less than you know a half a meter away Da-ding. and i've completed it 100 percent complete so <laughs> just awesome. that awesome that's yeah. the way to do it all mm. right i am going for my number four i'm going to hit up mask and probably not the one you're thinking of i have selected stinger now stinger for those that remember is a big orange muscle car it's got a big chrome engine that sort of leaps out the front it's a bad guy vehicle Uh, it had these sort of chrome runners down the side and its transformation was essentially the sides flipped out uh, the chrome runners flipped up 
There was a, a gun that sort of would attach to the front windshield. The back would open up and there's a claw, like a, scorp a scorpion-esque type tail. Uh, each of the tires had little guns that come out oh, of it. This cool. thing had more guns yeah. than you than yeah. should be legal, right? <laughs> um, it was just a real... I actually had this one as a kid. I uh, ended up selling it to Trent many years later. But it always just... I think the color was a large part of it, right? You get a, a, a lot of muted colors in, in the mask line generally. And to have this really bright orange villainous uh, vehicle was just so cool. The, the figure he came with was almost like your typical bikey. He had tats and like a, an orange sort of mohawk. It was kind of Davy in mask form, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and yeah, it was just, just a really intimidating... You spoke about, you know, Darren, the... the the bad guys having firepower to go up against the good guys and and I just think that stinger was was wonderful wonderful cool. example of that yeah mm. yeah that GTO versus you know uh, the the fifty seven Chevy Bel Air yeah yeah just, I mean it's yeah once you start those those classic cars you really start to that's oh. it I mean I, like <clears throat> Thunderhawk is cool and all but it literally has like two things that transform on it this thing it, it's almost an unrecognizable tank compared to what it starts out as so mm. yeah yeah. That, that claw comes off way too easy though yeah see mine was still, still i still had the, i still had the claw the one thing that <laughs> broke for me was one of those chrome uh chrome exhaust pipes on the oh, side the exhaust pipes yeah, yeah um, one of mine had snapped off but other than that it was, it was all complete because i was a, a toy nerd like that growing up so <laughs> um, i just whenever i try to that. tow something or pull grab and pull that you know that the gto would go forward and the vehicle would stay back <laughs> here behind. but there would be the chain <laughs> Absolutely. Foiled again. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, where are we at? Number three, Chris. All right. Here's my big cheat. And I got to apologize. Oh. Here's my big cheat. <laughs> so, God. Uh, it, it's G.I. Joe. It's G.I. Joe. Yep. Uh, I, I, I sat down. This, I spent an hour at work trying to <laughs> trying to read these down. <laughs> Pretending that I'm working. And the whole time, I'm kind of hunched over my desk. Like, how do I work? <laughs> <laughs> And I couldn't. So one of these I didn't have. My friend down the street had. Absolutely loved it. And that was the killer whale, the, mm. the hovercraft. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then the other two I had was uh, the other two I did personally have was the rattler and the snowcat. I did the oh those <laughs> toys were just. I mean I had several GI Joe to, uh, uh, vehicles, but man those are the ones that just really the, the rattler's so iconic because it's on all, so many episodes. Yeah. And it's, an a10 warthog i mean it's just i mean that's just a that's just a cool uh piece of air force history and then uh the snowcat man uh, was there a cooler looking gi joe vehicle just uh, describe the snowcat to me i'm having trouble picturing it white, snowcat's it? uh yeah. frostbite's vehicle the the white the, it's got the skis on the front end it's got the treads on the back end. Uh, it's white yes. it's yep. got the, the canopy and all the missiles and the, the ski the ski rockets and, yeah ski rockets <laughs> <laughs> good stuff nice so that was a three in one so you you, you you've done your five now chris is that <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good all right darren what do you got for number three mate uh the 1989 <clears throat> toy biz batman movie batmobile uh, i was wondering so, who would be the first to have a batmobile i should have put my money on darren <laughs> <laughs> so i've included that one I had that one as a child. Um, that's not to say that Canada didn't do great things with their Batmobiles. So they definitely did. But what I like about this one, again, uh, there's, there's so much to it in terms of the playability. You've got two seats, so you can seat two figures, which is actually pretty rare for figure-compatible Batmobiles. That area, yeah. So it stands out for that reason. You've got a boot that's, that 
is functional, uh, which you can fill up with lots and lots of weapons from from either the Kenner Dark Knight collection or or you know the '89 Toy Biz Batman line or both. You know, so that's really cool. You can even fit two figures in the boot. So, <laughs> How many bodies so, you can put in here? Yeah, I was just gonna say. So if Batman's feeling like knocking off Bob the Joker's goon or something. You know, you can, can stash him in the boot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, really cool. And uh, yeah, again, it shoots missiles. And I used to love lining up my my villains, my rogues gallery. Uh, superpowers figures or Batman 89 um, and Batman Returns or whatever and just line them up and you just shoot them down cool. so much nice. um, so did it do the the separate like the the bat pod or like the where the sides come off like in the movie uh, the bat missile no bat that um, that one was the Kenner Batman Returns one okay. um, so yeah that, that came out a few years later but yeah no look I, I love that you know I would often have Crime Attack Batman or, or the Bruce transforming Bruce Wayne Batman in it, so I'd mix and match my Kenner and Toby stuff all the time. And, yes. Like, yeah. And um, was really, really happy with it. And there's also a version that I have that has the cocoon shields as well from oh, that cool. scene, if you remember that as well. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. All right. All right, number three is Tycho Crash Dummies Test Car. Oh, right. nice. <laughs> I freaking went mad for that thing i remember taking it to you know school for show and tell right and being like look at this look at this and you know and i was one of those um uh kids in the class that you know was so heavy into crash dummies and everyone else is looking at me like what the hell is this sort of thing <laughs> and i've got two crash dummies in the car because it sits two people and I, I just threw it up against the world and every, and it just explodes everywhere the wheels you know the windscreen everything and everyone's just like, what? You know, totally did not expect that was going to happen. <laughs> so they're running, grabbing all the pieces. You know, I put it all back together and they're like, do it again, do it again. You know, <laughs> I was so hyped. It's, it's very, um, you know, you don't find many toys that you're allowed to smash yeah. and crash and bash mm-hmm. and things. And Crash Dummies was a huge highlight of my childhood because I sort of, it's when my little brother got to that mature age that we started like, hey, look, I'm into Crash Dummies, you're into Crash Dummies, let's, you know, save up some our money and buy some bigger stuff and, you know, cool. we'll combine our collections together and we collected them together and it was uh, it was awesome. It was sort of that me weaning out of toys per se mm. and him um, hardcore, you know, at his prime uh, and it was that niche line that not many other yeah. people were getting into but... Damn, I have some fantastic memories of it. It's and, a uh, fun yeah. one. I, I remember it as I think I said on the episode we did. A friend of mine was working. A friend of mine from high school was working at Big W um, at Parabanks. He was doing night fill, getting paid, and then spending his money back at Big W. Yeah, nice. that line. Wow. Yeah. and uh, it's just so much fun. But what I think really stands out here, and I think is worth singling out, Ben. I don't mean to embarrass you, but yeah. I remember you saying in that episode um, that Andrew gets guested on that you gave yeah, that collection to him he's got, so for that yeah, to be on yeah, your list yeah, 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 this says so yeah. much about you as a person that that you wanted him to have that yeah out of all our uh, my childhood collections there's really not much that survived and uh, crash dummies were almost complete you know from what yep. we had as a kid which is outstanding considering yeah. how many little parts and things 
came with those vehicles and figures alone. And how rare and, it is uh, to find them. And, I, and I sort of said, look, Andrew, you're, you're the mechanic of the family. Mm. You can and um, have them and I'll take the Lego. And he, we, that was a, a that good was a deal. handshake deal. <laughs> and, um, you know, he's we've never looked back. So it's still so. such a class mm. act to do. Cool. Yeah. Especially for and he's expanded point. since then. He's yeah. expanded on that, but... Had to pack it up for two little kids, you know, yeah. running around the house now. But, Jeez, yeah. could you that's, imagine all the that's, pieces? That's class act. Like I expected the the the, the wrap up that story to be, you know, a few years later you bought them from him oh, <laughs> and said sucker. Yeah, uh, if he if he if he ever got into a bind, I would not let him sell them to anyone else. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's yeah. a fair point. Excellent. Yeah. I'm Keep always when, whenever whenever I go out toy hunting, I've always. I always get a keen eye for crash dummies. Uh, I never, I very, very, very rarely find anything. Yeah. But when I do, it's going straight to him. Not, yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, how good. Mm. All right, my number three, I'm headed to Masters of the Universe. And this is one this that is a good I... a place to be, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> this is one I never owned as a kid, but I've always sort of admired from afar. I am talking about the Bashasaurus. Yeah, nice. Well, nice. Honestly, when you look at it just purely out of context... It is a red dinosaur on wheels with an action feature that is designed to break your toys. Like mm. it, that, just but, it just screams. Wasn't it Ball Basher? That, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was the original. <laughs> yeah, the working title yeah, for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Apparently, they were all horrified at filmation when Mattel came and talked to them about including the Ball Basher. In this. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's getting cut from the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, look, it's 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 a it's a red. Uh, I think T Rex, not T Rex, no, no, uh, Triceratops. That's the one. Oh, Trent Trent would have chastised me for getting a dinosaur <laughs> name wrong. Um, look, amazing! It's just got that big, massive orange button to to flicker. What I didn't notice is uh, until sort of doing a bit of research is you can actually extend the the ball like as a telescopic yeah. arm or not. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. And in my head, I've always gone, it's such a weird thing because it can only bash like that far in front of a vehicle. But <laughs> now that I know you can extend it, I was like, oh! And I actually even saw the original 1980s commercial for it, and it was. You know, those little Skeletor figures. Oh, I've trapped He-Man, huh? And he comes around the corner on this Bashasaurus. And, you know, Skeletor's version of trapping him was a bunch of twigs that were sitting on the ground (laughs) that the Bashasaurus could then bash out of the way to demonstrate the action feature. That's pretty clever, actually, way of... (laughs) Not being violent with it. Yeah, exactly. you did. Yeah. Whereas you know, we we would all use it to to bash the toys back. Well, in the I day. did exactly. I can yeah. remember getting it for Christmas and having getting snaps about in Cobra Khan, and let's just say Cobra Khan didn't have a good Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, out of interest, what are, what are, if I'm looking for one? What does what does that go for uh, roughly? It's 30, 40 bucks oh, max. Easy. No, yeah, right, cool. it's just a matter. Of, I mean, I'm probably, finding one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But the the biggest problem is that um the joint. that that. Front, that front door, door is yeah. often snapped off. Uh, that 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 headpiece that because yep. that moves, doesn't it? A, a little like bit. Yeah, it, 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 it moves a little just to allow yeah. for you to get in it. But those those, those clips are synonymous for breaking off. And okay. I actually had. I've got a broken headpiece that I've got a mounted sort of like as a, a wall trophy. Uh, because uh, what else are you going to do? Because you killed too, a bash yeah. It's too good to throw away yeah. and it's, it can't be repaired. So yeah. Um, yeah. I'd have to I'd have to look I'd have to at my dad's house, but I, I think I've still got the one in a box somewhere there. I'm not sure how complete it is oh, it's been a year since nice. I've actually laid eyes on it. Yeah. But again, that was another one of those toys that my little brother wasn't a big fan of because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put, put your hand Smash there. The <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
this won't hurt a bit. Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> I did rock. Not, not, I, so I haven't been on you guys. I don't think last time I was on that I talked to you guys about this. For a while, like, that's how I judged, like, a good toy is I would pick it up by the card and I'd like the heft. I'm like, yeah, this could knock Jacob out. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when you start getting bigger scale, uh, you know, Legends figures of a uh, Juggernaut, or, uh, that, that Hulk line came out, and uh, uh, Joe Fix It, yeah, or Mister Fix It. Oh, well, yeah, this is this is a good purchase. Solid, solid. I like it. So, is your brother uh, is Jacob still in counseling or therapy for? He's uh, just down to a slight drool. Yeah, I mean, they said that's probably never going to go away, but. <laughs> oh, we wish him well in his recovery and his rehabilitation. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. So, what are we up to now? Number two. Top two. Top Number two. two. Christopher. So, in the same vein as, as uh, uh, Ben, um, another destructive, uh, dis- self destructing toy, Return of the Jedi speeder bike. Oh, yeah, cool. nice. Man, that, was, yeah. that was one of my favorites growing up. I just. I mean, I, I didn't care what figure I put on it, whether it was a Star Wars figure, whether it was a superpowers figure, whoever would fit on that thing was about to blow up as it was, <laughs> you know, going through. I just love that function. It was it was great. Uh, you know, later when they did the movie re-release and that came out again, I was so happy that when we got the Power of the Force scale, um, you know, with that Ultra Jacks biker scale. Yeah, yeah. Everybody was Ultra Jack, but um, I, I love that toy. Fond memories of it. Nice. Very, cool. Very, Very cool. good. Darren, your number two. My number two is our Wind Raider from the Vintage Master of the Universe line. Really iconic vehicle in my mind. I received it for Christmas in 1984 from my late grandmother and had a huge impact on me um, growing up. It was also, I remember being the very first Master of the Universe vehicle that I actually saw in the playground back at school. Uh, when I was discovering the line for the first time, and I thought, you know, man, they've got vehicles for this, and you know, it just, you know, had the anchor, the wind up, you know, you, you know, I'm like, is, is yours still attached? Like yes. Oh, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, um, mine is. Um, yeah, look, I, I just adored it, and and still do, always will. I just think there's something really iconic about the Wind Raider, and and you know, really like it, and glad they revisited it. Um, so early in the classics line mm. for vehicles, very cool. Be uh, careful of those wings; they're prone to breakage. Oh, are they ever? Yeah, they are a risk. You, you see so many of them on the secondary market that are yes, yeah, no, yeah. wings broken. Yeah. yeah, and age has not been kind. No, I, I've I've got mine from childhood, and yes, it is missing the the winch on the front. But for the longest time, I didn't have the, the big fin at the back. I didn't even know it existed yeah. until I really started getting back into the hobby and uh, doing some re- you know picking up masters to fill in my collection. And I went, wait, what's that big thing on the back of the wind raider? What? Oh, it's meant to come with one of those. Okay, because just in my obviously childhood, I'd trashed it or whatever yeah. and and forgotten all about it. Mm. So very cool. All right, Ben, where we all at? Right, number two. Batman Returns, Bat Missile, Batmobile. Very nice choice. Almost a crossover. I did not have this as a kid. Uh, I, I bought this later in my more mature years. But this is, um, I love the Batman 89, yep. you know, format of the car, the vehicle. I just think it's the best Batmobile ever, you know. You're going to get the Lego one? No, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit too expensive, but... Uh, but this this um this Batmobile it's just it's chunky it's big with those uh, it do, that's the one you were talking about with Darren yeah, before yeah. it does have the, the uh, bits that yeah. um pop off and uh, so you can slide down the alleyway 
But because of those elements, this one is super chunky and it just looks the part. It looks very, uh, you know, uh, dare I say, 40s in that bigger than life sort oh, of Rolls yes. Royce. Like the animated car. Batman Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just looks yeah. enormous. It's yeah. bigger than the regular size version yeah. uh, in proportion to a three, three and three quarter okay. inch figure. Uh, but it's still true to that 1989, 92 design. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it's got the canopy. Whereas the Toy Biz yes, one doesn't have exactly the uh, right. the that's canopy, off, yeah. um, so you know little aspects like that is what uh, won me over for. I understand. This I mean, yeah. that's in in my other list. That, you know, mm. um, yep. same reason. You know, it was a tough call. But yeah. At yeah. the end, you know, I sort of swayed by that. You know, two seats. Being yes. Oh no. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, um, which which is just so rare for a Batmobile. Yes. Um, yep. Of that era. Mm. Yep. Alrighty, my number two. Now I am. This is not one I've ever owned and I'm not likely to ever own it just because I don't have anywhere for it to go in my collection. But I'm talking G.I. Joe, which is, I must confess, I'm not an expert on. We sort of spoke pre-show, uh, people, we sort of ruled out the USS flag because it's less, it's more playset than it is vehicle. But the one that jumped out to me in sort of scrolling through the G.I. Joe vehicles is the Rolling Thunder. Is that the big uh, spaceship is, one? No, not the oh, big spaceship okay. one. <clears throat> This is the Rolling Thunder is basically a large green uh, attack vehicle that literally, and I, I found a few pictures and counted. It has twenty nine detachable missiles. Or, oh, or, no, or no, they had to. It. Had, it should have been thirty. <laughs> <laughs> thirty is the cutoff point. <laughs> this was this was released uh, fairly late in the GI Joe lines, like nineteen eighty eight, and most hardcore Joes will say, "Oh, eighty six was kind of the peak of it." Um, but this thing had two massive rockets that would actually fold down and be hidden in the middle of the vehicle and then you could flick it up so they point upright and, and shoot off and stuff. It had a um, a little ATV that would come uh, attached to it, which is kind of, you think, like Roller from yep. Optimus Prime. Yep. The There's a, a huge cannon mounted on the back that, that could fit two figures in the oh. canopy alongside it. And I look at it, why do you need two figures to drive this thing? One that goes left and right and the other one goes up and down? Like, I don't understand. But then on top of that cannon, they've just attached a missile because what's more intimidating than a cannon? It's a cannon with a missile yeah. on, the, on the front of it. <laughs> like, this thing is, is absolutely huge. And it just looks, again, I was uh, with the way I've formulated my list as a, as a kid of the 80s, what, even if you knew nothing about the line, that looks cool. I, I need to have it. Um, unlikely to ever find one in Australia, let alone complete. I, yeah. I shudder to think at how much something like that is going to cost. Um, but yeah, very, very cool. If you've never seen it, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google G.I. Joe Rolling Thunder. I think even as a bit of a tribute to this, there is a, a recolor of uh, MP4, I think, or well, Opt- uh, Masterpiece uh, Optimus Prime done in the green color as a sort of a homage right. to that being oh, wow. obviously both hasbro products um yeah very very cool all right that takes us to our number ones oh this is getting getting to the pointy end so it this is. is this is the vehicle that you know is is above reproach on everything so oh. <laughs> i don't know that you can say that when nostalgia it. starts playing a factor you can't always say above reproach <laughs> yeah. uh, who, yeah. who wants to start us off who wants to go first or, I'll, I'll go uh, yeah right. so uh, for, for me I, 
mask has always been a, a very, a very cherished line of mine. And my favorite vehicle growing up was Thunderhawk. I mean, yes. that's, yep. I, yep. I just, Matt trackers, the, the go-to, I mean, this is the one that opens up the, the cartoon. You just, yep. uh, it doesn't, it, you're right. It doesn't have as much transformability, but is it, isn't it the most iconic oh, absolutely. That, that cartoon absolutely. and lines? I mean, uh, Switchblade maybe, but I, I, Thunderhawk is, is, is my number one. Uh, I can't tell you how many different, uh, how many hours spent playing with it and then being able to hand it down to my kids. Oh, uh, nice. I, I love it. I just wish the springs hadn't rusted. Yeah. yeah. That's all. Always- instead of, instead of going like this, it goes like, <laughs> lopsided yeah <laughs> i think i i had that same issue with mine and i think i was able to oh, i didn't do it i was too young but my dad was able to fix it where he got like a bobby pin and sort of wedged mm-hmm. it in the right uh way so that it would sort of reproduce the same the same effect but yeah um they had the chrome little things that come out the side of the doors and the two mm-hmm. little missiles that you lost Almost. just about straight away um yeah very cool you talk about iconic like there's there's two images when you think of mask and it's the the logo of, of the helmet sort of thing uh mm-hmm. and then there's that that yep. vehicle basically like yeah mm-hmm. love it all righty darren what do you got for your number one so for me number one uh battle ram from masters oh interesting choice so, okay yeah it was a tough call between that and Windrunner. to but, be fair if we had said beast would battle cat have been number one if we allowed beasts, I hadn't thought about that. He no. may well, have, he may well have been. Um, no, okay, battle round. Really hard to unpack that one on on the spot, but he, <laughs> this took me a week to put this list together and, and then work out the, se- the, the, the sequence. sequence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like well, all of us. Tough. I feel like all of us were very unproductive at work in this last week because we've all been doing the same thing. <laughs> so true. Um, but look, the great thing about this for me, um, again, a lot of childhood nostalgia. I got it from. From my auntie and uncle for that Christmas in 1984, uh, the same same year I got the Wind Raider. Um, I don't necessarily love it more than the Wind Raider. I love it for different reasons, but it come out at number one. I think just it's two vehicles in one. I mean, it's basically the battle ram and then it's the sky sled that falls mm, apart. Yes. So you know, it's a it's a road vehicle or an air vehicle. It just has a level of versatility. And again, you know, for someone who just loved standing up all these evil warriors and evil horde on Snake Mountain and just shooting and firing the the living f out of all of them, and, you know, just so much fun. I'm sensing a theme here, Darren. He's like knocking down evil people. Is that? It's uh, that's interesting. Right, One man um, heroic army of justice. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, there is a theme. I said there was a theme when when we started yep. the pizza stroller, and and I thought it would become apparent to to those in the room and our listeners what that theme is. But yeah, for me, Battle Ram. Uh, for the reasons I said, two vehicles in one, the playability, the functions, nice. and its iconic status. It's, it's a, a Master Universe vehicle that when people think about Master Universe vehicles, because it's so early in the line, it springs to a lot of people's minds. Featured on the cartoon pretty heavily as well. So yeah. it's certainly true. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Right. Ben, what Number have we got? one, <clears throat> mine has already been called out, before, oh. uh, but I haven't called out any, any uh, of this uh, property uh, in my top five. And that is, of course, Masters of the Universe, The Land Shark. Oh, so, there you go. N- number one. I didn't have this one as a kid. Uh, I acquired it later in life, but I just think it is the perfect vehicle. <laughs> like, it's just the coolest thing. I even, uh, I'm famously even uh, portrayed a, a street shark in the yes, same oh, colour schemes. Yes. And uh, I just, I just, the colour schemes, 
the overall look is just so damn cool. And I remember I bought one uh, in a box, not not minting box or anything. The the clear bubble uh, uh, perspex had come off. That yep. was very um, open to me when I purchased it. So um, I'm at uh, a, let's call it a um, no, no, a markets type scheme where the ca- uh, person um, had had a semi permanent display. So it was a mm-hmm. fairly uh, big display of toys, vintage toys and things. And it was uh, the land shark was um, displayed quite higher, higher yeah. than this person's head, uh, the stalls person's. And I'm like, I'll I'll buy the how much is the land shark? And he's like, I don't know, you know, uh, let's say forty five dollars, right? Yeah. You know, back in, quite a few years ago, forty five bucks in the in with the box. Uh, it's not in the best condition, uh, all that jazz. I'm like, yeah, I can see that. I'll, I'll buy that. Yep, cool. So he reaches up to grab it, right? He's, he can just barely grab it. He's sort of um, fingering it to try and pull it off the shelf, uh, you know, to sort of, yeah, tap it all off. And he freaking, he freaking knocks it off the shelf and it falls down and breaks the oh, gun, gun off, right? No. It just, just breaks. There I am, cash in hand, pretty much paid for the thing, right? And, and, and I just watch, watch this perfectly good uh, toy fall off in front of me, a break on the ground. And so he knocks five bucks. I was going to say, <laughs> knocks five bucks off it. But um, I, you know, I mainly bought it there and then because I had the box, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you just don't and the come. Box you don't come across the box yep. very often. Uh, I later on, it wasn't hard to buy more land sharks and fix that fix up and up, things. Yeah. And uh, that that was broken. You could not. It was a part. I was going to say because don't the the guns pop off? Like yeah, you, no. But you this can is reattach? this is the connection for the gun to be on the joint. So the the little um, pyramid bit that the gun slots, slots into that whole up. pyramid bit snapped off. Right. Part of the chassis yeah. of the the uh, vehicle. Wouldn't have been hard to do either because yeah. we're talking about a vehicle fragile. that's, that's fragile yeah. due to weight as well yeah. as much. And as this is a fair drop. So and yeah. he, he's like you know it's just. You know, I could. You're I watching could, it in slow motion. Yeah, I almost like, wanted oh. to reach over the uh, counter and try and catch it myself. It was, it was happening in slow mo. That like, so that's a, a pretty crazy uh, little story. I'll never forget about my first land shark purchase. Yeah. Uh, but um, I've since uh, got a few in my collection, and uh, I just Made up for absolutely it. adore it. Yeah. Nicely nice. done, Ben. Mm. Very good. All right, my number one it should come as no surprise. It's the one line that I have a big passion for and have not shouted out this entire time i think ben's looking at it right now shut up darren that's not right Uh, (laughs) i am of course talking about my beloved teenage Mutant ninja turtles and the turtle blimp it's i mean for a start how many blimp vehicles are there in any line ever I haven't seen Simpsons do the Duff Blimp. There's a, there's a, there's a, no, there's a huge the opportunity gun. there. Well, well to Simpsons, that's why it failed. They, they didn't quite get to the, uh, the Duff Playmates Blimp. didn't try and do some sort of reuse. That's it. That's <laughs> it. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, you talk about iconic. It's uh, next to next to the turtle van. It's or the party wagon itself. It's probably the most iconic from that line. Even to the point where in the later series and even the the 2012 Nickelodeon reboot, they they made a blimp as well yeah they revisited it they revisited that as well i've got the original version that is the the green color with the big logo and stuff there is of course the blimp 2 that comes with a more uh yellow sort of uh balloon shape to it 
look, you, you can attach the, the bombs to the side, which also act as, you know, figures to be able to grip on. And to your point, Darren, about knocking things over, you'd have it's your turtle... perfectly loaded for that. Correct. You'd have your turtle figures gripped onto the side. You'd pull that trigger and they'd drop down from the sky and, and cause chaos on the battlefield. I had the blimp um, during my childhood as well. It was one of my last vehicles from childhood, actually, yep. that, I, that I managed to acquire. And, yeah, so cool. So, so I yeah. For those that didn't have it, how many characters can actually sit on there without just hold, hanging on for dear uh, life? Really only just the one in, okay, in, yeah. in the cockpit. The right, yeah. right. Um, it would be cool if, like, a bit similar to the show, they could attach to the, the wings at some point. Like, you, you sort of see three or four yeah. turtles grabbing on as you would in the animation. Yep. But yeah, I just I just love it, and it's it's one of these things in in my room with so much stuff to look at. That's that that one gets a lot of comments, and people are like, oh, I remember the blimp, even if they're totally well, not, you know. The, the artwork it. on it is outstanding. Like that engine is mm. just so hyper detailed. It's it's almost, uh, yeah, it almost looks three D. Like yep, it's just it does, done yeah. so well. And and tell us about the air inside. I was just going to say, wasn't that original air? Yeah, yeah, that the air in there is oh geez, it's it's over thirty years old now. I reckon it's um held Would it be up that old because I, I don't didn't think the line debuted in Australia until nineteen ninety. Oh, don't get technicality with me, <laughs> Jesus! Don't ruin a good. Don't let the Man, truth get in the way I'm, of a good story. I'm cutting you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's only been, it's only been twenty nine and a half. Years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, that you is. You can celebrate next year, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, uh, you hear stories of, of them, the actual uh, blimp part sort of springing leaks and all sorts. Um, mine is pretty rock solid, which is amazing considering if, you know we've moved house with it a couple of times and, and all that. In fact, when we did, we uh, we had to move in back with my mother for a year, which was great fun, while our current house was being built and obviously had to pack up all my toys. That was the one where I just went, no. This is coming with us. This is staying in the bedroom. Like I'm not putting it in a box in a shipping container. It's coming with me. And and even my wife Ali just sort of looked. She's she sort of started to to go against that, and then just went, yeah, no, no, that's fair enough. Like I'll, I'll allow that. Even she recognised how awesome the blimp was. So you've had that air longer than you've had me. I <laughs> yeah, so choice between the oxygen in the blimp or the, or the love of your life, which you going to choose, Frank? <laughs> be, just crack it be... open every once in a while, like, was I eating nachos that day? <laughs> <laughs> I, I always think of that scene from Spaceballs, you know, where he cracks the can of air. Yeah, air, it's the purest air you've ever seen. <laughs> uh, very good, guys. That was outstanding. Um, did anyone have any... I know we, there was controversy about how many we could choose and trying to keep it to five was a challenge. Any sort of quick shout-outs, ones you go, oh, I really wanted to have this on my list, but I couldn't quite get there. Anyone have anything? Well, you've shouted out a few of them. Oh. Um, for me, that that are on, I guess, if I were to do a top ten, you know, they would have been on it. They were almost in the top five. You know, the, the Turtle Blimp is right up there and, and uh, that sort of thing, and the Bashasaurus as well. Uh, I guess the thing that I... Also would have included is the 1989 again Toy Biz Joker Van. Just mm, a, yeah. uh, simply, cool. it, it's a really iconic uh, thing, the Joker Van. But getting one figure compatible is incredibly rare. It, it can house quite a large number of figures actually, three in in the front, front and then some in the back, and then there's one that can um, sort of come out 
the roof with a um, machine gun. Yeah, yeah. So it's got quite a bit going for it in that way, and it's just such a cool counter to the 1989 Toby's Batmobile. Nice. So, yeah, I, I would spe- single that out for special mention. Ben, any special mentions? Uh, special mention, and it doesn't get a lot of love, but uh, I, I freaking love the Fright Fighter from the Masters of the oh, Universe. Yes. Very late in the line. Yep. It's, uh, it's not uh, very well... It's not in much media, so mm. so to speak, but the it's playability. In this country. Yeah, the playability on that thing is insane. So, for those that don't know, it's a massive dragonfly. So you you can um you know you you hold it like a gun and you um, press the trigger and the wing wings flap. And then you pr- can press an, a second trigger and the pincers at the front uh, snap. Nice. You know, back and forth. Uh, it holds one character. It's got um, radar dishes, uh, missiles. Uh, sort of, sort of, you know, guns things. It's just a, a wicked, a big, uh, flying vehicle for mm. the uh, for the villains, so to speak. Um, yeah, really, really cool. Nice. I uh, I had a couple of special mentions in Battle Bones. I sort of wondered whether oh, that yeah. blurred blurred yeah. the lines. No, that's a beast. Is, yeah, and yeah. that's why I didn't yeah. include it. But I just think you go in an era where you you see like carry cases for vehicles were were a common thing. Masters just went, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, we're not going to provide you a box. It's a skeleton oh. to carry your toys to oh. your friend's house, right? Like, that the, was really cool. I recently saw the She-Ra uh, the Princess of Power comparison to the Battle Bones. I've never seen it before. It's really? like a... It's like a, the a butterfly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it was... um. It was really cool. I've never seen... What is it? Uh, it's a, like a butterfly, like a, a angel uh, sort of um, mermaid-looking thing, but the same clips oh, uh, but obviously skinnier to hold the to hold Shira, the Shira characters yeah. and wow, it looked okay. insane i've never uh acted like it just popped up on facebook yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, never seen one sort of you know that that close They're up before. Pretty, obs- yeah. pretty obscure yeah. Yeah. along with the um uh the sea harp right yeah mm-hmm. you yeah know, they came out in that sort of wave two Late. vehicles mm-hmm. and they didn't get a lot of yeah lot yeah of, lot of exposure in this country that's for sure yeah, yeah. The, the other one I sort of quickly shout out is the Turtle Trooper which of course is essentially a parachute for your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles whether that's classed as a vehicle I guess yeah, is a little bit debatable sure I had that same thought. but in the end of the day I look at it as it encourages kids to throw your toys off the roof mm-hmm. so I, I'll have to, have to knock it down a pegs because I'm sure safety standards today wouldn't fly <laughs> yeah well, so um, it, can you imagine how we'd feel if we started hearing stories of people using their tor- turtle one that I toyed around actually with that I didn't put on the list because it actually never got made uh, was the Aliens Kenner dropship. Yes. Uh, it was just, uh, you oh, know, I've, so I've good. got a massive uh, affection for that thing and uh, all, all I've got to look at is uh, prototype images and uh, box art. What could uh, have been. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. You said you said affection, right? That's that's what I heard. Not a, <laughs> okay. Affect, I said I, I said affection with an E. So yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris, any special mentions on your list, mate? So, so as as hard as this this list was for me, I did I I did incorporate one rule at the beginning at the top of my list. I, I wrote M O T U T M N T and then a big circle with a line through it. Oh. You guys would cover those. I, well, no, because I knew that it was going to get enough yeah. coverage with, with you yeah, guys. So fair, I wanted to fair. I wanted to be able to. It, 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 Diversity is a great. Oh, thing. It re- yeah, it gave me less restriction because I was like, okay, I've got more spaces on my list. <laughs> but uh, number six on my list again is another tie, um, because as much as much as I love the the Burton Batmobile, 
like there is no sexier Batmobile than the the animated series Batmobile. Oh, it's yes. just yes. got oh good call. Good lord. And that the the 92 Beatas Batmobile was it's everything you wanted from, from the Canada. cartoon to be it's so good. And then um I didn't have that one. My friend had that one and I was jealous of it every time I'd go over there. But I did have the superpowers, Batman. Yeah, Batman I had that yeah. later in my yeah. top ten. I did yeah. too. But that yeah. that the playability of the that one is just outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and again, seats two characters, which is uh, very unusual, mm-hmm. so to speak. For the... absolutely, that was fun. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. and I want our listeners to maybe put up together their five yeah. top five. Top Pretty five. Dude, love to hear. Yeah, pre pre two thousand, no beast, no transformers. Yeah. Excellent. Give us, give us, the, give us the ones that give you the the, the massive uh, affection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah! <laughs> just don't be, just don't be too. Like that's going to be the episode title for this. <laughs> <laughs> He's nailed it. <laughs> oh dear. Well, thank you very much for that, Chris. That was awesome. I think we are just about out of time here. Uh, I'm sure it is uh, getting up to well. Pretty much, what, well, nearly lunchtime in coffee, America coffee now. Time, yeah. <laughs> coffee time. Coffee <laughs> time. Yeah. Um, very good. So thank you very much for joining us, mate. Um, where can, if people want to know a bit more about you and, and what you do, where can they find you, buddy? So they can find me on the so- on all the social medias, uh, except the TikToks. I'm not there yet. I do watch, <laughs> but I'm not but I'm not on the TikToks. Uh, I'm just a creepy stalker looking through my barn. Uh, but over on the Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitters, look me up at either Christoph Wisdom or In All Things Wisdom. Um, and of course, you can find me every week on Breaking the Panel or Giant Size Team Up Network. Beautiful. All righty. And with that, we will see you next time. Uh, oh wait sorry we've got a couple of shout outs I forgot about We're, oh yeah so we've had a couple of new Patreons in the last week or two shout out to our good friend Stuart Brown aka Whiplash over on the Discord and our uh, Patreon Jojo Joshua 3017 uh, started a really interesting conversation about ages and, and found that he was the youngest by far and the rest of us all sit around that sort of mid to late 30s mark which was which was interesting uh, and then another new Patreon only just, just last week uh eric eric misto who was good enough to sign on thank you very much for your support guys it's uh not why we do the show but it uh it sure helps a lot so thank you with that said we are done here on toy power thank you very much for joining us for yet another episode and we will see you around the toy aisles and until next time good journey you can find the toy power team at all the usual online places facebook.com slash toy power podcast at Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram, or have your say and email us, toypowerpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher, and please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people. Want to learn more? Go to giantsizeteamup.com where you can find us whole lot more awesome shows well they're not more awesome than us but they're